Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back. Um, should I switch? All right. Pardon me, folks. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, we're getting our, we've been having technical difficulties here this morning on the set here at American Family Radio or in the studio, I should say. Uh, thanks for listening to AFR. If you want to join us on what Ed calls that there internet, go to, um, uh, Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues and you can watch the show there. We also post the stories that we discuss, the original sources of those topics, and we also um, live video stream the show there. So uh, engage, if you will. Tim Wildman here with Ed Battagliano and Steve Jordahl. Good morning, Brother Steve. Good morning. Nice to be with you. How Thank are you, you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Take it away, Steve. We've had some disturbing things happening on uh, in American cities with police, specifically in New York, but it's not uh, just in New York. So over the last couple of days, we've had a gentleman, a man named Akili Morgan, who has been arrested after just a blatant, uh, cold, for no reason, attack on a police with a stick. He just bashed a in cop New York in New York City. In broad daylight. <clears throat> in broad daylight. And then... Um, They've arrested Jessica Beauvais. She's 32. She has has a blog. In New York City again. (laughs) Again in New York City. She has a blog. She was ranting and swearing at police and calling them all kinds of names we can't use on on Christian radio. On on the blog. On the blog. On the video blog. She was. And she was drinking. And she goes out after the blog uh, well over the legal limit of alcohol and plows down a cop and kills him. Yeah. Now, um, cops are cops are in danger uh, today, uh, in especially in the big cities. You know, what was interesting about the first example you used yep. about the man who came up with the stick hit the cop, the detective, I think, yes, in the back of the head, was that uh, several cops pursued the suspect across the street. This this was interesting. The first cop was in pursuit slowed down and looked to make sure there were other cops with them. And I thought, you know what? If I was a cop, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go alone either. Yeah. Because if something happens, you want to have other police officers there mm. who can verify that you did things the right way. And if you're looking over your shoulder as a cop, boy, it's, it's a bad you, place You know what's to be. happening uh, across the country? I was reading, I was reading a story with statistics on this. Most people know what I'm about to say. Steve, I know you certainly do. Large cities in our country, in particular, are, are, are losing cops to retirement or to early retirement or to resignation uh, by dro- in the droves. That's, and yeah. they're not being able to replace them. That's what I was. That's where I was Go ahead, going. Next, well, Philly is uh, have 270 vacancies in Philly. 5,300. New York City cops retired in uh, 2020, and uh, that's wait, wait, fifteen hundred, fifty-three hundred, fifty-three hundred in New York City alone. New York City, NYPD. Wow, how many police do they? I, I think it's the it's lo- in the tens of thousands. Yeah, wow. Uh, in Baltimore, eighty-one police officers left the force. In Louisville, one hundred and ninety left in twenty twenty. Um, 
and as of I have a statistic from March of 2020, so it's more than a year old. And I just talked to one of my law enforcement sources who said it's it's worse now than it was then. But across the country, 86 percent of police departments are dealing with officer shortages. I want you to hear from uh, at least one. This is Detroit. His uh, this is the chief of police here. His name is James Craig. Now he is reacting to Rashida Talib who is the uh, Michigan congresswoman there, part of the squad, and she has called for the abolition of police. She said, we can't reform the police, we just got to get rid of them. Listen to what he says about that. Cut four. Her comments were reckless, and they really don't represent the people who live in our city. You know, when you talk about vulnerable communities, they want effective and constitutional policing. So who is she speaking for? You know, they're reckless, and she's doing it as a self-serving approach, and it doesn't work. It's tragic. What's going on today, Harris, is tragic. Our profession is in a crisis. I, I tell you what, what the, the, the net result of this will be. If you, uh, if you have uh, mass retirements, again, especially in big cities, I don't know what the numbers are in, say, cities under 500,000. And I know 500,000 is not considered a big city, uh, relatively speaking, in America. But I, I, I would categorize big cities where police are under siege. Just, this is my own number, half a million people or more. Okay. Now, what's going to happen is that uh, what the police forces are being diminished in numbers because cops don't, especially now that there's some, some cities are implementing this uh, uh, law where the cops are personally responsible, can be personally responsible called qualified immunity, and they're trying to get qualified rid of it. immunity. That is a police officer. I'm, I know I'm digressing here. That is, but if you don't know what that is, folks, that would be there are laws to protect protect police officers against. Let's say they make a uh, a mistake, but like the woman did uh, in uh, the lady cop in Minnesota, where she tased the where she says I'm tasing you, and she shot the fella. Right. Okay. That's a that's a drastic mistake. And I but, don't think it's protected under qualified immunity. Okay. I think qualified immunity would be things like it's 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 uh, illegal for me to go and put you in a chokehold. Let's forget the whole debate about okay. chokeholds. I can't just go up to somebody in the street and put them in a chokehold. Somebody could sue me for that. A policeman can, in the course of his duties, he can do, he can restrain, he can do something that might actually put some bruises on somebody, especially if they're arresting. That is uh, the kind of thing that I think would be uh, under qualified immunity, you cannot sue a police officer. Can't, can't sue them. You right. cannot sue them because uh, and take their house do, because right. they've been doing things in the course of their duty. Okay, but here, uh, uh, yes, thank you, Steve, for that uh, uh, explanation. Now, what's ha- what's going to happen is though you they're not going to be able to find. Uh, this is already being reported. The losses uh, due to retirement and. Police saying, I'm not going to put my whole life at risk uh, over, over this. I'm getting out of this, or I'm moving to a smaller town, a smaller community. I'm taking a different job. Is that the cities are not being able to replenish their force because they can't find qualified other officers, which will lead, to, if you can find uh, new officers, to me it's going to lead to much less experienced officers, right, who are going to be right. more prone to making mistakes 
A lot less training. And, and I would also submit to you that probably you're going to get a certain percentage of yahoos who think they're big men with guns that just, yep. you know, the kind that... The, That's uh, what, the, kind of what I'm talking the about. The stereotype yeah. of the the reckless the the stereotype that they're putting out about police officers now that they that they are bullies and everything that's likely to feed into that because you're likely to get more of those they weed them out now but yeah you can't be beggars can't be choosy yeah in the meantime the bad guys see all this happening and they're ramping up their gang activity Mm -hmm. the drugs in this are going rampant in the cities lawlessness we're seeing more and more videotapes of just rank lawlessness the the criminals uh, and cop haters are emboldened. That's why you mentioned the story in the middle. Was, I was shocked. Uh, well, with a small S now to watch that video. There's a detec- a, a New York police detective and he's, he looks like he's doing a written report out in front of, uh, a place of business that has had its windows shadowed, shat- shattered, I should say. And this man comes up behind him. And just whacks him on the head with a stick in broad daylight. Yeah. Now they caught the guy, but that's by emboldened. That's what I'm talking about here. And so, ultimately, this is going to lead to a, a massive crime. It is leading to a massive crime, violent crime increase in uh, the big cities, and uh, which will make the people who live there who can't afford to leave. Uh, much more vulnerable mm-hmm. and scared and anxious. And uh, so, ironically, in a lot of cases, obviously those are black folks in the inner cities of the, in the big inner cities. And the BLM type movement, Ed, they're the ones who are wanting to get rid of the cops, right? Or greatly diminish the cops. If you greatly diminish the cops, yeah, it's a self-perpetuating then, problem. Then those uh, black people in the inner cities are going to be terrorized. So right now, according that, to— Does a, that make sense? It does. Yeah. but and, and right now, though, it hasn't gotten there because according to CBS YouGov poll, this was just released last Sunday, 70% of polled black Americans say the local police departments are doing a very good or a somewhat good job. And— you have people in the black community who kind of see what's going on with BLM. I want to play you a clip of this is a, a man that is uh, just an on the street interview. This is a black man you'll be able to tell. And he's asked about uh, BLM. And listen to what he has to say. Cut 12. Black Lives Matter is a scam, okay? Big scam, okay? They've raised billions of dollars, done nothing for the black community. Nothing at all. I've not seen Black Lives Matter go to. Uh, 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 South uh, uh, Chicago, for example, and say, look, uh, we're going to build you guys a community center uh, so the kids can, you know, have somewhere to have fun or whatever. We, we're going to give you guys uh, uh, a nice school. Uh, we're going to help the low-income black family. Billions of dollars, bro. They haven't raised anything. They haven't done anything for black communities. So they're a big scam, all right? They want to tear down the nuclear family. They want to. They don't care about black men, okay? They only come out when criminals get killed. <laughs> you know what? That. Uh, more and more, uh, if they ever were duped, more and more African Americans are catching on to what's going on here. Okay, uh, and that is, uh, I think, we as Americans and the black community is being, are being gaslighted. By gaslighted, I mean, uh, if you don't know what that expression means, it's kind of like when the 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 wife beater 
makes the wife feel like it's her fault for getting the beating. You know, you you think people keep telling you stuff and it makes you think you're crazy in right. a way. So we keep being fed this narrative that police officers across America are hunting down African-American men. So you're told that by the mainstream media, the liberal media, and a lot of these uh, BLM types, you, you're fed that stuff on social media and other way day after day after day after day to where you, they hope that you believe it. Right. Right. But I think more and more Americans and uh, included in that would be African-Americans are waking up in the way, uh, if they ever were asleep, to just what this gentleman said, what we just heard him say, Ed, and the survey that Steve cited, 70-plus percent of African-Americans surveyed says police are doing a good job in their community. Now, they're always going to be examples. Here's the problem. They're always going to be examples that of where police make mistakes or they're bad cops. Uh, they're... they're from time to time, they're bad doctors, bad teachers. Yeah, yeah, bad, but I'm t- bad yeah. preachers. Yeah, or dirty cops, whatever you right. want to call them. Ed can tell you about this. I'm mean, not Ed, but Abe could, as his work as a prosecutor in uh, New Orleans. You know, so that does it. That those that does exist. That element does exist. But the vast majority of police officers and law enforcement, sheriff's deputies, and so forth, are just hardworking people trying to do a good job. They're being maligned uh, today unfairly. And uh, so, and the BLM, by the way, is killing it. Yeah. Financially, uh, they're 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 uh, they're shaking down companies, right? Okay, uh, company ABC. Either you give to Black Lives Matter, write us a big fat check like Facebook did and uh, Google did. I think I've read that correctly. You write us a big fat check, or you know what? You're going to be branded a racist company. Right. So that's what Jesse Jackson used to do. And they folded in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't even have to fold. Usually they just volunteer to write a check to a group like Black Lives Matter. But now, uh, but uh, I think more and more African Americans and Americans in general see this for what it is. This is an attempt to create a race war. Okay. This is an attempt by, uh, I don't know, uh, what would you say? How would you define the people who want to see a race war? What would you call them? Uh, the radical the, the left, far left, the far yeah, left. I would say the far yeah. left. They want to see a race war. So what you do is you you have a country of three hundred thirty million people. But what you do is you wait a week or two. Guess what? Something's going to happen in the country, like what's happening in Elizabethtown, North Carolina, right, right now. Right. That's that that's uh, maybe questionable or needs an explanation, or needs an investigation, or needs a trial, uh, what you do is you don't wait for that. You jump on it like LeBron James, and you did with the Columbus, Ohio situation, and you make it a racial thing, right? And cops hate black people, even though I think uh, the cops killed 11 unarmed black men, or 18. It was 9 in, 20, in 2019. 2019. It was 9. 9 unarmed. But it was 19 unarmed White, white people men. killed that. Right. White guys. In 2019, 2019. Listen to that, folks. This is why we're being gaslighted. Nationally, in 2019, nationally, there were 19 unarmed white men and 11 unarmed black men. Nine. Nine black in a year in a country of 330 million people right. that were killed. 
But you would think, by the way the national media plays up every single story they can find, that tens of thousands yeah. of unarmed yeah. black men are being killed by cops every year. And that's that's what most people actually believe. Yeah. Yes. Polls have showed that as yes. well. Yes, they believe this. So, But hopefully more and more people are waking up to what's going on here. It's a race. They're trying to create racial strife and division. I hate the cops. Break down law and order. Chaos in the cities. To what end? I'm not sure exactly, except I know the socialists and the Marxists are behind this. And maybe it's uh, because they want to create a national police force. I don't, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, or, or maybe it's just the devil himself who wants people to hate each other. If you, if you make things bad enough, then you'll ask somebody to come in and save you, and the Democrats want to be the people that come in and save you. Well, plus the narrative, uh, and, and, and I know we've said this, the narrative is that America is a racist country all the way back to its foundings. Here's proof of that, that they're a racist that we're a racist country because we have racist police. It's systemic racism, so therefore you have to change the system. Right. And, and or get rid of the police, like Talib says. Right. Uh, the congresswoman from... Because uh, she, she says they're part of a system and you can't just reform the police departments. You have to get rid of it. There, there will come a time when they say we have to get rid of the Constitution, too, because the people who wrote the Constitution were all racist. And white men, yes. Yes. Mm. So that's right. what's at work here, and I think more people are wising up to this, including a lot of African Americans, that, yeah. hey, hold on just a minute. BLM, uh, they're taking yeah, in a so lot fast. of money. They're taking yep. a lot of money. Uh, like the gentleman said right there, too, the African-American gentleman, he said, how come they don't care about all the blacks killing black uh, in, in our cities? That's that's where the real numbers are. Well, and, and listen, there's a lot, probably a lot of uh, blacks and other minorities, but we're talking about the black community, a lot of blacks in the inner city who realize, wait a second, a lot of the cops are black. <laughs> so right. you want to defund right. the police? You want to get rid of the police department? Those are black men and women who are on the police force, too. You saying they're racist as well? Yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right, Steve. Last fall, California Governor Gavin Newsom, who is uh, now subject to a recall at this next election, he signed what was is called the Transgender Respect, Agency, and Dignity Act. It is a bill, according to stream.org. Who can be against that? I know. <laughs> well, among other things, it would allow incarcerated transgender, non-binary, and intersex people to be housed and searched in a manner consistent with their gender identity. And you know what? Surprise, surprise, since January, when the law was put into effect, more than 200 prisoners have have claimed rapid-onset gender dysphoria, <laughs> men who want to now be housed with the women. Rapid-onset. Rapid-onset gender dysphoria, and not a single request has been denied. So, listen, this these kinds of things, I laugh because this is insane. This is like something out of a movie. You just, you know, you wouldn't believe this is true. So when the law goes into effect, over 200 male prison inmates develop rapid onset gender dysphoria. That's right. Oops. Claim to be women. So they serve out the rest of their term in a women's prison. That's what they do. Hey, sign me up what, for that. What do you think is at work here? <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a male prisoner. 
Yeah. And a pagan. If I'm a male prisoner and a pagan, sign me up for transfer to the women's. If you're, if you're a fit, if you got 15 years left in your, in your prison sentence, yeah, you want, how are you going to pass the time? I'd rather, I'd rather be in the women's prison with uh, the opposite sex than in the male general population. I mean, who wouldn't? Where bad stuff can happen. This is why they're transferring. Right. Also, it seems to me that would put the ladies in uh, in danger of being raped, for example, more it often. It might, or, but or, I got to tell you, you if you've ever been in a women's prison, is this isn't this isn't your church youth group, right? <laughs> they, these women can take care of themselves. No, I, I know, know but why do they separate them? Well, yes, that is the reason they separate them because the the the. Why are men separated? From, I, I know I'm asking you a yeah. question. You know the answer to Steve. Yeah. My question unto thee. Yes. <laughs> Is if I can go King James on you, you may. here, is why do prisons separate male female to begin with? Verily, verily, they do. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yes, because like because men and women are biologically different, and they're aggressively different. Especially if you have a population that has been segregated to take the aggressive people and put them all in one place. Okay. Yeah. This, uh, I, you know, I can't tell is you how many sigh? times a day I sigh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just I'm in sigh mode because the the insanity is everywhere. Yeah, you know what I think? I think it's going to be hilarious. Let California do that. Yeah. Okay. Well. Let them do that because that's not going to end well. Right. You know what? You're gonna you're gonna have more than how many people signed up for that? Two hundred. Hey, okay, you're least. gonna have two thousand. Well, you're gonna, and, you're gonna have two thousand men saying, "I'm a girl. Put me in with the late right. with and, the women. rapid the, onset." The, yeah. the uh, concern is that if the Equality Act passes, that this is, will be a national law that every prison in America will be able to have to, to do this. Wait here, uh, wait for it. <sighs> <laughs> well, no, uh, state red states are going to say, uh, "No, we're not doing that." They could. Yeah, they could. We're not doing yeah. that. Some blue states may too. Yeah. I don't know because it's insane. Yeah, to use Ed's word. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, who's running the White House as we leave here? I want. We don't know because Joe Biden doesn't seem to be much in charge. I want you to hear an exchange he had with reporters uh, yesterday as he was asking. Uh, they kept wanting to ask him questions. Cut eleven. India, they're suffering at what this moment. What do you moment. say to the folks in well, India? I'm sorry. I'm going to just the last question I'll take, and I'm really going to be in trouble. Oops. Who did you say that to? The reporter. He says, I want to ask you about India. I say, okay, this is the last question I'll take because I'm really going to be in trouble. Sound like a kid. Well, Kamala Harris wants him back in the house so that she can. Oh, I don't know who's running the White you know, House. No, you're serious. That's yeah. serious. Yeah. He's been told by his handlers, whoever they are, by his chief of staff, Jen Psaki or, or uh, Kamala Harris, vice president, you don't go out there and just answer questions from the media. We got to control this thing. You have a cognitive Decline. Decline. Mm-hmm. And we're not putting you out there to answer questions by, you know, off the cuff like Trump did for an hour at a time. Yeah, he, he was probably told, um, yeah. you know, three questions and that's it. Yeah, or I'm, they, he said, or I'm going to get in trouble. And they yeah. probably so couched you, it in the, in the, you have a schedule, you got to be here and here and here, so don't be late. But No, yes. no, no, no. It was, well, I, that may be true. It's, that's the way they couched it. What you have, you, you have the most powerful man on earth. Uh, sounded like a little schoolboy. Yeah, right. Who's going to get in trouble if he answers too in, many questions too, without his handlers around to tell him what to say? Right. Or somebody whispering in his ear, or a script to be read. That's what we're dealing with right now. But 
Have we not known this? Well, I can't wait to hear the State of the Union address tonight. It's not a State of the Union address. They're very clear about this. Yeah, because he hasn't even had one. No, and no, it's an update on Kamala and the border. Generally, presidents <laughs> don't do a State of the Union in their first year because they do do a joint session like this is going to, well, kind of like it should be. Uh, but they don't because they haven't been in charge long enough to address things. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that true? Generally, yeah. Year? Okay. yeah. Their first year is not called the State of the Union. But I'm sure, Ed, to your point, it will be inspiring. Oh, yes. <laughs> see, see, you, see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. <sighs>